It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. Welcome to the Ringers, Philly Special. Shield Kapadia here. Phillies drop game two. I'm not used to doing these pods after a Philadelphia team loses. This is very rare, but I'm excited to have James Seltzer and Jack Fritz, the boys from the High Hopes podcast and WIP joining me. Now, I, I know when I have two guests, I have to direct questions at one of you. So let's we'll start with James. James, how are we doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing great, Shield. This is a this is a pleasure and an honor. We've known each other for a while. This is a this is, a, this is a blast, buddy. I, I wish we were doing it after a Phillies win. It's been a lot more fun. Jack and I have been doing the podcast after every game. I've found that I'm full of energy and ready to go tonight. Maybe a little more tired, a little more subdued, but hey, 1-1 one, one going back to Philly, it could be a lot worse. I know. I, I was the same way there. The second inning happens and I'm like, all right, we're going to have another high. It's, good. it's just a celebration. Celebration podcast didn't turn out that way. Jack Fritz still sporting the Darren Dalton jersey. You look all right. You look a little sullen. You look okay. How, how are we feeling? Honestly, uh, I promised James I wasn't going to do it, but I really needed you to do but first Pearl Jam. Like I just, I needed that. I needed that to be the beginning of this podcast if we were doing a Ringer podcast, and I was very, very excited about that fact. But besides that, glad I got that out of the way. I, I would not have been able to sit through the rest of the podcast if I didn't get that out of the way. I'm doing okay, Shield. Like they're 1-1 heading back to Philly. Today sucked. I mean, <laughs> it, it really did. Losing that game today sucked. They had a 4 nothing lead with Aaron Nola, your ace in the mound. It became 4-2 really, really fast. And then we just saw them crumble and play Phillies baseball the way they had played for 
you know, a majority of September, but not the team that we'd seen the last, you know, two weeks. And, you know, that's what makes it it, it crushing because I think they blew an opportunity today to head home up 2-0 and really just have a stranglehold on this series. And that's deflating. So it's like, I'm I'm happy they split one one. I feel really good about heading back and seeing this crowd. But the same at the same time, they had Aaron Nolan on the mound with a four nothing lead yeah. in a series where I think the Padres have the advantage on the pitching staff side from the starting staff side at least. To where now we go Ranger in game three, a bullpen game in game four, and Wheeler back in game five. So yeah. uh, missed opportunity tonight, but overall vibes are still high. I love how you ask him how he's doing, and he just dies right in. You just did the whole roll. podcast, Jack. Now I'm okay. I'll sign off. Thanks for joining us on the Ringers Philly special. I mean, I got all these, I got these, these segments planned out. Listen, not all of us just go on and just you know spit what what's in our head. I got these ideas here. Uh, we got to get to. You got to the first one actually, and, and James, I'll, I'll go you uh with this but it's just like it, it, it's that split feeling you know you're you it's been a couple hours since the game ended so you're kind of going all right they got one in san diego you wanted to get one in san diego and come home but then the other half of me like i wrote down i, I take notes during these games flexed by me by the way uh, i wrote down Good job, <laughs> i wrote down after that second inning i go everything goes their way would be a disaster to lose this game now because, I mean, the baseball gods gifted them the second inning. They didn't really do anything to earn that second inning. And when you get gifted an inning like that, where you get four runs on five hits and you only hit one of them uh, really hard and, and Soto's losing the ball in the sun, like that stuff doesn't get handed to you every game. It's a weird game. It's a random game. And so part of me feels like if they lose this series, that's just going to be the inning. We're all going to point to it after the series in the offseason years to come. Oh man, if that, you know, if, if they got that inning and they couldn't win that game. So James, where are you? Are you more on the side of, Hey, they got, they got one in San Diego. It's all good. Or are you more on the side of, I can't believe they blew that game when they were gifted that second inning. I mean, it's a great, it's a great point, Joe, because it is quite the dichotomy we're feeling right now. I am more on the side of, look, I went into this saying win one in San Diego and that's all I needed. I needed one in San Diego, but to your point, it's how they lost today that makes it so frustrating. The four nothing lead, the getting the gift and then blowing the game the way they did, especially with Nola on the hill, someone who we've come to trust shockingly after after it almost being a, a joke the last four years. Aaron Nola in September has is, is is been like a, a punchline in Philadelphia. And now over the last three weeks, he's turned into this guy we completely trust in these spots. So that was incredibly frustrating. But again, look, you could flip it around last night. We were talking about the game last night and saying this Phillies team the last five years, Alec Bohm makes that error. They lose the game. Yeah, that's like we true. point to that play and say, oh, they lost because of that. That's how the Phillies lost. And last night they didn't. And I'm trying to focus on the fact that more often than not in the playoffs, they are they are capitalizing on those things. And they are not letting those mistakes spiral and lose games they have looked great. They are coming back to Citizens Bank Park. I saw you there on Saturday. Yeah. We were both in that atmosphere. It is the most intense, magical baseball atmosphere I've experienced in my lifetime. I've been to hundreds and hundreds of baseball games. I've never felt anything like that. So I think as a Phillies fan, it was frustrating today. I I'm super annoyed, I think is the best word yeah. for it. Jack said it sucked. It sucked. Today sucked. But I think you have to step back, have some perspective. The same thing happened in Atlanta. They won the first game. One bad inning cost them the game in Atlanta. And then they go home and they beat the crap out of the Braves. 
I, I'm I'm hopeful and I'm expecting them to come home and handle business. But again, today sucked. There's no way around that. Yeah, I think the Nola point is a good one. If if this was someone else on the mound, you know, if this was like a game four and you're trying to piece it together with your bullpen and then you blow the game, then you're like, all right, you know, that that's gonna happen. But to have Nola out there the way he's pitched the last three games, and then for him to have that four run lead and it just felt like, man, it evaporated right away. That absolutely uh, was a bummer there. The stat that is they showed during the broadcast. Everyone will mention it tomorrow. Phillies were previously 27-2 and two in the postseason with a four-plus run lead. Now, you, you mentioned, I did see you guys at the game, and, uh, you know, I would like our... First of all, Jack, you're filling the Ben Solak role here because I already see you on your phone. I don't know if you're texting, checking Twitter while we're doing a podcast. I mean, my guy, the disrespect, these young, you know, these young kids, they can't focus uh, for an entire podcast here, but when... Well, hold <laughs> on. Hold on. It's not a disrespect. I, full disclosure, this guy that that I played in high school against just hit a great a home run in oh, the ALCS, okay, which right. is funny Flex. to me. Uh, right, so fun. we were all talking about it. And like, listen, I was just, I was just checking something real quick. Did you see how I'm he made that? In. Did yeah. you see how he made about him pitching That's in high right. school? You're, you're there was getting, no yeah, way like, we were going to do this here. podcast. Like all my podcast and there wasn't partners, a reference. Yeah. Of present yeah. and past. Uh, you're filling in. Now, when I did see you guys at the game, very different uh, greetings. I thought, you know, Jack gave me a little fist pound, uh, you know, three seconds. Hello. And he's back looking at the game. I mean, James hugged me. Like I don't get hugs like that from my mom, from my daughters, <laughs> from my wife, uh, from anybody. Is that just the, the different personalities between the two of you? Yeah. Well, yeah, very much so. Cause I think James hugged me too and cracked my back in like <laughs> multiple ways, which I was like, I mean, I needed it because I've been standing up straighter ever since. It's been great. Um, but yeah, listen, going to playoff games, a business trip for me. That was my first two playoff games uh, ever. I didn't go to any of the playoff games during the run from 07 to 11. So I was there strictly focused on coming out of there with wins. James turned it into a party yeah. and you know, <laughs> yep, seeing I you, I was just like, so surprised, but I gotta be honest, Shield, as we're, as we're talking about, you know, this podcast and how you're doing, like you talking baseball, it's, it's been a revolution, a revelation, pal. I, I I've thoroughly enjoyed the, uh, the term from just being nerdy football guy. Welcome aboard, buddy. We're glad yeah. to have you here. This is great. I was going to say you guys deserve credit because you've been talking baseball for all these down years. And I always have oh, it on oh. as I'm standing here in the, in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, do I like this team or do I not like this team? Am I going to continue to watch this team or am I not going to continue to watch this team? And in June and July, and once they fired Girardi and go on the run, even Harper got injured. I'm like, I like this team. They're battling every night. I'm going to keep watching. I'm into this team. And uh, you're right though. Th this team has made me, uh, I don't want to say fall in love, but it's like, it, it's like rejuvenated, reinvigorated something inside of me. That's like, wow, this is really fun having playoff baseball and kind of the fan in me coming out. And as I mentioned on the previous pod, uh, my daughter getting into it has been a big factor. Like she's 10 years old and she's, you know, ripping these guys. She's ripping Castellanos. Today. She's asking me, when's Castellanos contract up? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so proud. <laughs> I got some bad news, honey. <laughs> I know. Cause I told her, I'm like, he just signed. He had 34 home runs last year. And now I have no contract. I promise he was good. I know. I, I promise, promise he, he was, was good, good before. I don't so, know what happened. Yeah. It is insane though. Shield, like, Dude, it was it was the eighth inning tonight. Yeah, it was the eighth inning tonight. Like it just one, two, three. Yeah, like it was gosh. just fastball, slider, slider. No like, confidence. I, 
I have no idea what his plan is. Like it's no. been the it's been the most mind-boggling thing watching Castellanos all season long. It's like, what are you what is what are you thinking when you're going up to the plate? Yeah. Like, why are you swinging at every first pitch? Like, if a pitcher throws him a first pitch fastball, like they should be kicked off the mound. They shouldn't it, throw many strikes. Yeah. They don't need to. He's going to exactly. get out anyway. He will. He's just going to swing. The guy batted three hundred nine with thirty four home runs last year. Oh, Shield. He was How? a silver slugger. I need to go watch like, those games was, and figure and, out what he was doing. And not just that. Like he was intimidating. Like he was a hitter who went up and you were terrified that that guy was at the plate in any spot. And he looks weak now. Like he comes to the plate and I expect him to either strike out or roll one over and ground out. Like I have, or or a weak fly ball. Like that's it. That's what I expect every time it it is. And I know he had the one game in Atlanta and it was a really nice moment. He made the catch and all that, but Man, in terms of just what you paid for that guy, what you expected for that guy, you know, he's been one of the bigger disappointments we've had in the first year in a while. Yeah, we had a joke in the Capadia household because I was just ripping Castellanos uh, to my kids, to my family. And then he had the Nick Castellanos game. And we're like, all right, all right dad did it. You know, sometimes you boo a guy, you rip him, it gets in his head. So today we tried it again. Let, let me tell you, we were crushing Nick Castellanos in our household tonight. So if he comes back Friday and gets a hit, uh, we'll see what he does there. All right. Other guy I wanted to talk about here, Aaron Nola. How, how do we, how do we think about this game? You know, he, he, you can't be great every outing. We know there are going to be ups and downs. He was great in three big spots, but he got hammered. Like he didn't have to be great today. He had to be okay. And you would have had a shot. Like if you got his, I don't know what his C game, you would have been feeling pretty good about it. Gets hammered six earned runs on seven hits, four and two thirds inning. It, It wasn't fluky. I mean, they were hitting the ball, hard off of him. He was spotted a four run lead. It wasn't just the fifth. I mean, to give up those back-to-back homers right after you feel like, Hey, maybe they, this can just be a blowout and we could all have a stress-free victory. Uh, James, how do we kind of feel about Nolan? Now you're probably going to, you're almost certainly going to need a game out of him uh, later in this series. Yeah, I think they will too. I mean, I would love them to come home and just win three. I just, I would be surprised. We saw tonight that San Diego is not just going to go away. And and they fought. You know, credit San Diego. We let him back in the game, but they fought, and they, they won the baseball game. As far as Nola goes, look, I, again, I'll go back to what I said before. We had gotten to the point in Philadelphia, and Aaron Nola was, in 2018, was a, a Cy Young contender. He was third in the NL in Cy Young. He was a phenomenal pitcher. And then ever since then, it's been, you know, kind of a slow you know, decline, right? You know, and each year is kind of a little bit worse. And then we have the September thing where each September, this guy just continually fails in big yeah. spots. In 2020, they he just had to beat the Marlins and he couldn't get it done. And they're in the playoffs. They had to win one of their last eight, one more of their last eight, and they couldn't get it done. And, and it's kind of compounded and it's become, again, a punchline. And then for him to go into that clincher in Houston and pitch six and two-thirds perfect and clinch that game, and then to go in St. Louis and pitch another six and two-thirds shutout, and then again in Atlanta yeah. and deal in that game. and shut. He had yet to give up an earned run, or excuse me, at home in that, that last game, the first game, game three, at home against Atlanta. Like, he had yet to give up an earned run until tonight, and then tonight all the the old, you know, September NOLA <laughs> things came back, and we felt it, and to, to you know, he just didn't have his stuff tonight. He wasn't sharp enough. He didn't have the placement. And Jack said, uh, uh, we did the the post game show on WIP, and you know, the two home runs were big. He let them back in the game. Yes. That was four nothing. The momentum from last night carried over to today. And and if they could have put their foot on their throats, and Aaron Knowles, the guy who could have put his foot on their throat and shut them down, and and then they're going home two nothing. So it was frustrating, but I'm still more. 
encouraged by the three starts I saw prior in big spots than discouraged just by tonight. When Nola pitches in the next one, I do feel confident he will go out and be better than he was today. I, I really believe that. Jack, how about you? What's your? Co- I guess it would be Game Seven, right? If he if he were to yes start again, what would no, be your game six, 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 six? Six. Okay. What what would be your confidence level? Oh my gosh! In a Game Six, it gives me like anxiety <laughs> just thinking about Even it. Even saying okay. it, yeah. Game Six, whether you're up three two, uh, down three two, what would your sort of confidence level expectations be for Nola? I expect them to go out and do the job. You know, okay. I think tonight was more of an aberration than anything. It was actually, uh, based on average exit velocity, it was the hardest he's ever been hit in his career. Wow. He called you a nerd before. Just don't forget. No, he's I love the one that. who called you oh a nerd. Oh, my God. I'm just you know? learning about these. Yeah. These, I'm like, wow, they have a lot better stats in baseball than they do in football. This is this is pretty, this is, uh, yeah. pretty sweet. That's yeah, we've crazy. been doing it for a while with baseball. Honestly, well, it, it felt like that, it. though. I mean, he it felt like he was just, they were just crushing balls off him all night. And the good part about analytics and baseball is that everyone loves them and everyone gets along <laughs> and, and it's it's something that everyone agrees is something that is needed. But it was weird. You know, it was a weird Nola start. Um, first, he didn't have command of his changeup. And when he doesn't have, like his fastball command is usually pretty good. He got a little high today. Like when he gets up in the zone, that's when he starts getting hit around a little bit. Um, didn't have feel for the changeup. And he didn't throw the cutter at all. And the cutter was something I thought was a good pitch that was starting to neutralize left-handed hitters. And he just hasn't had that. Um, He didn't have it today at least. So I hope that's something that he can get back into his repertoire because when he's just a three pitch guy, he's not the same Aaron Nola, you know, then they can just sit on fastball curveball and they don't have to have the threat of the changeup where, you know, when he has that changeup working, it's something that can neutralize left-handed hitters. Like the perfect example of this for me today was the Juan Soto at bat that ended up uh, tying the game where he's, he, he had him two, two or one, two, and he was set up perfectly for a changeup away, like a patented Aaron Nola changeup away. But since he didn't have a great feel for it, he went fastball in and got right into Juan Soto's nitro zone, yeah. and he didn't miss it. And he does what Juan Soto did on, does on inside fastballs, which is smoke it down the right field line. And you hope that he didn't wake up Machado and 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 Soto with today. But overall, like he's been so good in big moments. He has been a guy that we have have gained a lot of trust. And I understand there's this rush to be like, oh no, there he is. <laughs> but I think that he. But we should trust Aaron Nola heading into a game six, and I know I will. Okay. Let, let's talk about that that fifth inning. You mentioned the Soto at bat. Uh, this is part of the fun with these playoff games, as you can second guess every move by the manager. I, I don't know how much is warranted tonight and how much is not warranted, but that inning was a disaster. Five runs on six hits. Nola gets hammered. His brother gets him. Soto, rip, Soto rips the double. Like you mentioned, hand comes in. You have a chance to get out of there at 4-4. Like that's something I didn't fully remember until, you know, you go back and like, it was 4-4 with two outs when hand came in if you get one out there you're still uh in the game that doesn't happen the, the hits hit, hit by a pitch there and then uh, it turns into seven to four that inning james the the maneuvers there not having anybody up to start the inning having him having nola pitch to soto bringing in hand i mean what were you thinking as it was playing out how do you feel a few hours later about how topper handled the bullpen and the pitching staff there. Yeah, it's funny. Jack even said it in the moment we were watching the game together, and he's like, how does he not have someone up right now? Like, said it in yeah. the moment. So we were both on that that page. And look, it's funny because Topper has really had the magic touch so far in the playoffs. It's Every single move he's made that has been controversial, 
Every single one, whether it's leaving Castellanos in right field in the Braves game, whether it, you know, every single move, the the last night deciding to take Wheeler out of the yeah, game, even every game single one. Phillies fan is on social media going, what are we doing here? How are you taking Wheeler out? This is a disaster. I had people texting me, freaking out about it. But yet every single move this guy has made up until this point has worked out, leaving Reese Hoskins in the two-hole before that that game at home. Everyone was like, get this guy one for his last 30 or whatever. And then he hits the the, the home run of the season. Like, so everything this guy has done up until tonight, he has had the magic touch. No matter what we think about the moves, he's been right. And tonight, for the first time, I think we can say we second guessed it in the moment. And it was the wrong move. It didn't yeah. go the right way for once. I know Jack doesn't have as much of a problem with the decision to bring in hand, and I get it. But, you know, if you've got Brandon Drury coming up next, who absolutely destroys left-handed pitchers, like, I just, I struggle to bring hand in there, a guy who has not been great this year. I know he, he got a couple, you know, had a couple big outs in the playoffs so far, and he had the two ERA, but anyone who watches the Phillies, and Jack and I watch 160-plus <laughs> Phillies games this year, like, that was the most misleading stat in baseball. Like, this guy let inherited runners score every single start for the first, like, two, or every single outing for the first two months of the season. Like, his ERA should have been way higher if those counted towards it. So, I, I know that in that moment, when he brought bad hand into that game, I did not feel confident. I did not feel like it was the right move. But, you know, when you look at the situation, he did get it to 2-2. Two, two. To your point, there were two outs. There were two strikes. They were yeah. down to their last strike. Uh. All Brad Hand has to do is make a pitch. And he hit him. And he hit him. He did the one thing he absolutely couldn't do. So I didn't love the way, especially leaving Noel out there to start the inning without any, you know, feeling about what was happening. And he, he was clearly not... Aaron Nola. So, like, I would add someone up there. I would have been a little bit more ready. I don't let him face Soto. I thought that was a real big mistake in that yeah. spot. But ultimately, you know, at a certain point, guys got to go out and, and make pitches. And, and Brad Hand did not tonight. So, I, I do think Topper didn't have a great night. But I also understand that, you know, at a certain point, you put a lefty in against a lefty. And, and he's got to get that out. And he didn't get the out. The the uh, the stri- striking out Machado there. I mean, that was like the most un- unlikely moment of the entire yeah. night. I'm Shocking. like, there's no way this Shocking. is going well. And then he strikes him out there. I kind of thought now, uh, Jack, I do want to get your thoughts on that same topic. But when Cronenworth got hit, I mean, he's wearing, what, what do you call that? An arm guard or whatever, you know, where, where he got hit. Like, I feel like you should have to take some type of pain to get the hit by a pitch. Like if it, if, like if it, wow. hit, like if it hits you, take. like if it hits you where you're guarded and you're not feeling any pain, then like, you know, why, why even count? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't even count. count. So I, I know they're making a lot of rules for next year. If anybody in MLB is listening, maybe add that one. All right, Jack, what did, what did you think about the, the pitching decisions there in the fifth? Your rule change is they have to make sure it hurts. Like, yeah, like you know, it doesn't it, have to. It, it can't be hit somewhere where you have a shield except for your head. How about that? If it hits you in the head, yeah, so you wow. get first base. I, I like the yeah. Going the other way with this, people are like, "Don't hit people on purpose." You're like, "Hurt them, like yeah. <laughs> break them." Just a little bit. We have to like, you know, rub it a little bit. I mean, like, and, listen. Yeah. If if you're in the dugout in that situation, you're not even yelling out, "We got ice," you know. <laughs> no. And we always yell, "We <laughs> got ice" from guard. the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no more arm guards. It's out. <laughs> so, I would have had someone ready to go because uh, I thought Nola started to lose it early in that inning. Like, I thought his fastball starting to get up. And when he starts getting hit around, his fastball just getting up in the zone. And that's when it turns into, oh, no, brutal. So, the reason why I was fine with Brad Hand is, listen, he's pitching playoff games before. He's pitching big spots. I'm not bringing Jose Alvarado in the fifth inning. Um, I understand that could be a move that's really aggressive, but you also have to think about the rest of the game. And I have to 
in that situation, trust a guy that's done it before to not hit a guy with a two-two <laughs> slider. Like, like I, just, I need a guy to make a pitch. And yes, I know Brandon Jury's up next, but I can't think about the. Ne- you 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 would like to be able to think about the next batter because you would like to trust Brad Hand to get the job done, whatever. But I gotta focus on the guy at the plate. That's a guy I gotta I gotta kill that inning as as Rob Thompson has said before. Kill that inning. You bring in Brad Hand. He knocks it down. He keeps it four four. You have some momentum riding off that, and you let it kind of roll from there, and it doesn't get out of hand. He doesn't get the job done. And and part of what Rob Thompson and, and what has made him so great so far is that he does trust these guys. And he didn't want to pull Nola early because he trusted he's going to get it right. And he just has trusted these guys all throughout. We talked about the Hoskins thing. And in that situation, he trusted the guy that's done it before, and that backfired. But I think he's going to go right back to him and again. I, I would not have brought in Jose Alvarado. I felt like it was a little too early for that because eventually you hope you could keep that 4-4. And then I might need him in the 8th and ninth. And yeah. I would rather feel have Eflin, and I'd rather, I would rather have Alvarado over Eflin in that situation. So it, it backfired. It wasn't great. Um, and one of those games that Rob Thompson, you know, didn't have his best stuff. I wish Sir Anthony could just pitch like three or four, four innings. I mean, he's the only one giving us stress-free, all the innings. stress-free innings uh, out here. But yeah, hey, those guys are rested for a weekend series, and so uh, they're going to have to pitch a lot of innings probably, and so we'll see what happens there. All right, let's, let's quickly flip it to the weekend. It returns to Citizens Bank Park. Three games. We got Suarez versus Musgrove in game three. Uh, Rob Thompson said game four, it's pretty much going to be like game four of the last series, although he wouldn't commit to it being Syndergaard, Syndergaard who is starting. How are we feeling? What what should we be looking at in game three? How excited should we be for games four and five? What are their chances? What are what are the vibes? I, we, we know it's going to be a festive atmosphere. We don't know that we're going to get a repeat of what we saw last week. But James, what, what are your expectations here as we look ahead to the next three games of this series? Yeah, I have high expectations. You know, like, uh, look, you were down there. I was down there. Jack was down there. Let me tell anyone who was not down there at Citizens Bank Park for those games, and if you didn't see him on TV, honestly, it's. I said this before, it is the single most intense, loud baseball atmosphere I've ever seen in my lifetime. It was 11 years waiting to get back in that ballpark for a playoff game, and you felt every single day of it when you were in that ballpark. It was unlike anything I've ever felt in a sports arena before, And I do think that that energy, that vibe will be there. We all know, look, Philly fans have been crushing it on the national stage for a while now. I mean, talk about the Eagles, right? Every freaking away game, it's like the stadium's taken over by Eagles fans. We just saw it on Monday night, uh, you know, against the Cowboys. That place was, or Sunday night, that place was insane. And I think what we're seeing in Citizens Bank Park is a lot of people have been waiting and dying to get back to that ballpark to see the team they love play in the playoffs. And I think it's going to be raucous. I think it's going to be intense. I think it's going to be an advantage for the Phillies. I don't I don't think there's a massive home, home field advantage in baseball. I think the Phillies actually have a real legitimate home field advantage at Citizens Bank Park for these games. Look, I'm, I'm a little scared of Joe Musgrove. That dude's good. He's nasty. Like, yeah. he's a really good pitcher. Ranger, I came into the playoffs really trusting Ranger Suarez. He's a slow heartbeat guy. You know, everything that everyone on the team always says about him is like, yeah, he's just unflappable, like the calmest, coolest guy you know. So that's that's what you want to hear, right? You want the slow heartbeat guys. You want yeah. the guys who are not getting overwhelmed by the moment. But obviously that that first game in Atlanta, you know, he really struggled. Five walks for Ranger in that game. That is so uncharacteristic of him. So I, I am hopeful and I expect Ranger to be better in that game. I do think the Padres have the advantage in the pitching matchup. 
But ultimately, I think Citizens Bank Park is going to make a difference in this. I think the bats are going to come home and be ready. Look, they scored 17 runs. The 17 to 4, they outscored the Braves at home. 70, and the Braves are a damn, they won the World Series last year. They are a damn good baseball yeah. team, 101 win team. So I feel really good about their chances at Citizens Bank Park. I think they're going to hit. And look, I think the players are excited to come back and play in front of that crowd. You know, the quotes from them after those games about how magical it was there. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, who has played in the World Series with the Cubs, he's played in the playoffs with Boston. Like he has been in with the, like he has been in some serious games. He said he's never seen anything like that ever yeah. in his career. And I think I think those players are ready to get back and ready to play in front of that crowd. You know, it's just going to come down to to being able to hit Joe Musgrove, I think. Yeah, the uh, w- the nice part about last weekend was that we've all been to Philadelphia sporting events where that moment comes where, the uh, as uh, you know, as the Podfather would say, the sphincters get a little tight in the crowd, and you're go <laughs> you're going, oh gosh, this is gonna, this is not going to go uh, our way. What was great about those games is like, yeah, a little bit of that in the beginning, but then it was pretty much like, all right, it's a party. Oh, stress free. Yeah, it was it was stress free. Stress it was I don't think it's going to be stress free this weekend, Jack. How do you sort of handicap the pitching matchup in Game Three? And you know, James says the bats coming alive, which hopefully they will at home. But as I'm just going through the lineup, I'm like, yeah, if Bryce Harper's up every uh, inning, that's good. That guy's locked in and like on fire at a ridiculous level right now. But I'm trying to. Do you have another guy or two who you're like, all right, this guy is going to come through here, and, and in 48, 72 hours, we're going to be talking about player X. Oh, it's, it's Schwarber. Like, okay. I, I thought he was great. Obviously, he's great in game one. I mean, 488 foot bomb and still like the most flushed ball I think I've ever seen hit. And I saw Matt Sturges. I get it. I saw the Ryan Howard home runs. But like just talking about a ball that was hit absolutely perfect. I think the Schwarber ball was that. But it wasn't even it wasn't even just a home run. Uh, earlier in the game, he smoked a double into the corner. Uh, uh, Kevin Long talked heading into the series. He's like. Trust me, Schwarber's like about to heat up. There was a story today, maybe yesterday, that he's finally healthy. He was battling knee troubles after a a weird slide down in Washington. So he's getting back to being at full strength. So I feel good about Schwarber's. And like everyone's had a a little bit of a moment at home. Schwarber didn't do anything in the Mm -hmm. Brave series. And I've just, I've had a vision. I've had a vision, Shield. I've had this since even before they signed him. This is going way back before they signed him. (laughs) Schwarber was the only guy I want to sign this offseason because I had visions of a bomb into a sea of red at Citizens Bank Park in a playoff game, and I need to feel that. I need to feel that in my soul. Um, So I'm picking Schwarber, and I think he's going to have a monster series. He was my pick to win NLCS MVP, and he cements that with a monster weekend. I like that. Yeah, I think uh, I, I've been with, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Even when he was what, uh, oh, for what was he, oh, for 16, one for 20, whatever it was. Mm, yeah. It was just like yeah. his moment's coming. Like he's too good. He's too good of a player. He's been in these spots too many times. And I'm with you in front of the home crowded. You, you can envision it in your head, him hitting a bomb. And so if he and Bryce Harper can get hot, hopefully they have some success this week. And all right, let me, let me finish up with a few quick hitters here. Uh, did, did everybody, did we all know that why his nickname was topper? Did all, am I was just behind on that. You know, they mentioned it during the mm-hmm. broadcast. Yes. Did you yeah, hear well, that? They, I think they mentioned it in an, I think a rod mentioned it in the okay. first round broadcast. I could be wrong. Uh, you have to tell Jack, cause this has actually been a, a, a long-standing debate feud. on the high. Yeah. Feud is probably a better way okay. to put it. Like, yes. you know, it, our friendship was really put to the test with this, whether it was topper or tomper. 
Jack Fritz, oh. clearly wrong calling him Tomper. No. I've been calling him Topper the whole time yeah. and obviously validated, and now we know why. So this, let's be honest, this was a tough night for Jack. Well, here's the thing, Shiel, is that Tomper? some of that is... What the hell is Tomper? I know. How bad is that? Well, I mean, it's embarrassing. No, no, no. See, this is, again, I'm talking to two people that haven't been in a clubhouse <laughs> before. As someone that pitched at the Division Two oh, level, I think I have an idea of, of cool baseball nicknames. <laughs> yes, you're an expert. I would just like that, like, I'm just saying, if I was... A, if His nickname is Tomper. It's just, a, it's a fact. Like, I call <laughs> him Tomps. You call him Tomps. You call him Tomper. And, like, Reese Hoskins... Reese Hoskins after... No, that's not even true. Like, Reese Hoskins after games has said Tomper said this. Like, the players have said Tomper because it's a baseball nickname. Topper sounds ridiculous. I'm just saying it sounds ridiculous. I don't care if he tops everyone down in spring training. He is a baseball guy. A baseball nickname is Tomper. Uh, I'm going to listen for it. I'm going to listen for <laughs> the M now. I I'll with, listen to, to what they say. But, yeah, I, I love the nickname Topper, if it is Topper. Uh, but then the explanation it that it's top. he's Topper because he was always on top of everything. I was like, wait, that's it? That That's the explanation for the nickname? So that's <laughs> well, the happened. first story, yeah. the first story was that he would he would top everyone's story. Like, the first thing we heard was, well, like, why do you call it? him Topper? Get your story straight, I broadcast. Know, there's so many. The... Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know what it's not. It's not Tomper. Okay. That's the important takeaway from this discussion. Okay, how, uh, Derek Jeter called him Tomper. Uh, other, uh, other one I wanted to ask about. Uh, how do you feel about the Matt Veerling letting the chest hair just flow? I mean, this is a big stage, uh, big broad. You look. You both look like you've talked about this before. You just looked at at each other. Me. You've talked. You've talked about it a lot. At first, I thought he was wearing no like undershirt, like just a jersey, and just. But then I did see he had a sleeve, so I guess it, I don't know if it's a V neck or what's going on there. Uh, I respect. You know, we've seen him with the shirt off after the. Uh, you know, some of the walk offs and stuff. I know after. Oh, after five the or five games. Games, but I mean the NLCS national audience. Uh, you respect that he's just letting it flow, no grooming, no nothing there. I think. Yeah, it was interesting. I think the Phils had that mantra adding to the game today because Castellanos, I actually noticed it, noticed it more with Castellanos. Now, oh. it ended up not working out. Like it, was, it was not a good decision at all. Although, I mean, he got a hit earlier in the game. But it's one of those annoying hits where he just, like, is jammed on an inside yeah. fastball that, like... Mm, just finds a little hole. Yeah, not just leading the, to anything. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean... He didn't hit the ball hard because he never no. hits the ball Yeah, hard. I mean, That's listen, why. to be fair, Derek Jeter had 3,000 of those. So, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, it seemed like the Phils are very committed to letting the chest there just go today. Okay. Yeah, it's a bold move, Shiel. I'll say it's a bold move. Uh, to Jack's point, I think if you're winning, you can let the, the chest hair fly. If you're losing, mm, mm, yeah. mm, maybe don't go that way. Yeah. Yes. Then, then you had the fan behind home plate where he would lift up his shirt and show his belly, and the other guy would pat his belly. Did you guys notice this during the game? No, honestly, I couldn't. The only thing I noticed was Bill Walton Me taking, too, up, the, was taking up the whole screen yeah. last night. I couldn't even watch the, the pitches because I was focused on this giant. Yeah. Lineup. I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah, no, the Bill yeah. Walton of tonight's game was a guy would literally lift his shirt as the Phillies were about wow. to pitch, and his buddy would tap him on the belly. Got like, is this allowed? I don't know. I, I didn't know if it was great, terrible, what was going on. What I always think about with that is the discussions that lead to that. You know, hey, buddy, right. this is what we should do with our tickets buying don't yeah. play tonight. You be the guy who pulls your shirt up and I'll, I'll pat your belly. How funny. We're going to get on TV with me patting your belly all night. Like, and here we well, are talking about happen? it. So it worked. Yeah. Whose idea was it? Like, how does this come to be? That's what I wonder. All right. Last two things. Uh, 
the broad like is it too much to ask the broadcast to just get to every pitch in the freaking NLCS? They come back and all we hear is the crack of the bat on Reese Hoskins. We don't even see the at bat, and then the ball's in the stands. I mean, what is that? Horrendous. You guys look like you can't comment. You, I don't know. You don't want to get in trouble. No, I'm with you. Like, okay, I, I couldn't agree me. more. All right. okay. no, I, I sorry. hate it. I was having a meltdown because I, I was trying to hit the on button on the mics and they weren't <laughs> turning on and Seltzer was laughing and I'm, Seltzer's laugh's infectious. So okay. I wanted to make sure that the that the ringer audience was able to get it. But don't worry, Shield. In clutch situations, I'm your guy. <laughs> the mics are turned on. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Honestly, I didn't notice it. I got to be honest. Now, maybe really? that's just because I wasn't paying attention. It was totally checked out as Reese Hoskins was hitting a, a ball to make it a <laughs> five. And I was like emotionally just dreading having to talk about the game. So frankly, I didn't notice it. But I like that you're so locked in in the eighth inning that you're like, I hate this broadcast right now. <laughs> well, at that point, you're just like, you know, you're you're ready to kind of just MF anything and every it, the game. It felt like the game lasted like seven hours. You're like, all right, he's you know, uh, longest game of all time. Yeah, today, you're like, sure. look at who he's yeah. pitching right now. He doesn't believe that they're going to come back. Why should I believe that they're going to come back? The last thing I was going to ask you though, so Hoskins hits that home run and then Real Muto gets the single and Harper's up. Did any part of you go, eh, maybe there's something here or at that point where you're just like, there's no chance? James, go ahead. I, I definitely was like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> After the games before the Hoskins homer. Plus, to be fair, we were watching the game with, with a couple buddies, and the way it played out is our one buddy came over right before the Padres rally. Like, he walked into the basement, and the Padres hit the two home runs, and we're like, oh, man, like, not, not a good start to the night. So we're playing it out, and then or the Padres thing, and we're like, hey, man, this is your fault. Like, you got to go. So eventually he literally leaves to go walk his dog. His dog is named Reese. And the next pitch is Reese Hoskins hitting the home run. So we're like, oh, my God, it, it was that. Like, yes. we actually are going to win this game. And then we're, we're quickly dispelled of that. Move. Well, and full disclosure, I took the Phil's plus plus a thousand uh, <laughs> heading into the inning just because like if any chance of a, of a comeback and I, I took him at plus 980 he beat me there yeah so. I'm just saying she like if he doesn't if he doesn't ground in the double play there and he just kind of you know mm -hmm. hits a double whatever feels my it, it would have turned out a little little bit differently honestly I, I'm so shocked that was turned into a double play like I know Machado is insane and no, Bryce was, was busting it like they showed him on they showed him on TV it's not like he was not busting it that did not screen double play to me, but I mean, Machado is just so insane at third base. He just makes it look, yeah, he made it look so easy. I, I felt the same way. I was get, I was checked out, and then once he gets up with the guy on, I'm going, okay, maybe this could be uh, interesting because he's just been smoking. You think? Do you think ball. Alec Bohm makes that play or no? You don't. Nah, you don't think Alec Bohm makes I don't that know. play? We, we would have to uh, <laughs> see where the ball would end up at the end of that, uh, whether it's still in the field of play or not in the field of play. I'm just kidding, Alec Bohm. Listen. You're going to come back to Citizens Bank Park. Everyone's going to play well. All right. We'll see what happens in games three, four, and five. This has been a lot of fun. Guys, Give a, get all your plugs out there for High Hopes and whatever else you need to get. Yeah, check out the High Hopes podcast. Jack and I uh, basically doing this, maybe even a little more irreverent when we do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we look, we always call it the podcast for diseased Phillies fans because – you know, you have to be a diseased Philly fan to to be with us. The last five years, yeah. six years of this podcast, we are so used to to recording depressing, frustrating, angering episodes. So this this ride has been been unique for us. We've been recording a lot more fun pods than normal. But yeah, check out the IOPS podcast, Fritz and I, WIP. Check out shout out to WIP in Philly. 
And then Shield, we love you, buddy. Shout out to Shield. Shout out to Ringer. Bill Simmons, my guy. I love you, Bill. Good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, one. Go ahead. I love Bill Simmons. I think he's the best. I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan. Yeah. So shout out to Bill. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Bill, too. Um, I will say Philadelphia is the new Boston, buddy. <laughs> Philadelphia is the new Boston. We got a World Series parade coming this year. How sad is that? That we we, we, yeah. we just lost game two of the NLCS. We've we've I feel I'm 41 years old. I have two championships, technically three. I'm not counting the one when I was one and a half that the Sixers won. In my lifetime, two championships, and we have a six and zero team, and we're in the NLCS, and we're like, we're Boston. Get ready for 13 <laughs> championships. Well, yeah, that's how sad it is. To be us. honest, like I didn't. Factor in the Phil's losing game two. When I had <laughs> you were the just whole coming in with of... it. That was in the pregame notes uh, before. Uh, he there. said that to me like way yeah. earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. That was locked yeah. in. Yeah. It's all like good. It. That, just that, in the off that, chance. That's good. I've been berating the listener saying, you know, the ringer has a Boston pod, the ringer has a Chicago pod, a New York pod. We, of course, want all those pods to do well, but if you're a listener to this one, yeah, I mean, you're not going to let those other pods beat the, the Philly special. Philly want those other pods yeah. to do well, Shield, yeah. or are yeah. you just yeah. saying yeah. that? No, yeah. Do well. Not better than this one. Yeah. That's all. Listen, we got. Isn't the mantra of the city that no one likes us? We don't care. You know, I mean, isn't that supposed to be the mantra of the city? <laughs> that is the biggest lie in the that history. Is, oh, the biggest of lie is this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Very good. This has been a lot of fun. Listen to them on the High Hopes Pod. I usually only have like forty-five second conversations with these two guys right before I'm about to go on WIP, <laughs> and we've and we've done like you know what twenty-fold that today. So I think it went okay. Hopefully, no one gets fired. Hopefully, no one gets in trouble for this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully the Phillies come back and win a couple games at least this week. And all right, we got a Sixers pod on the feed. Solak and I will be back tomorrow. We'll we'll talk little Eagles during the bye week. A lot of trade deadline questions. So we will certainly get to that. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly special. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.